movies in 4K. Welcome to the debut episode of Movies in 4K. I am one of your hosts, Bill Shetty, and alongside of me is... Lady Phantom. Hello, everyone. We are happy to be here, and as we know, this is the first episode. It'll probably have very few listeners, but once they do subscribe, hopefully they go back because we are going to discuss our format in detail on this episode only. True. So let's start it up. This will be released bi-weekly every other Thursday. But as a bonus to start off, we're going to do four or five episodes in May and go weekly. Yes, we are. And that's basically just to get our feet wet, to learn the trick of the trades, get our format down. So only in the month of May, one a week, and then after that, it will be one every two weeks. But they will come out on Thursday, and the Phantom promises to edit by then. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> the shows will typically run under an hour, so it's not going to be a long show, so you can listen on your way to work. I don't know how many people are working these days, but... <laughs> or this- while you work out... Yes, or listen at home. Or have breakfast. Listen to what movies are out and if they're worth it or not. First off, we want to tell you to subscribe on iTunes. We are there already as you're hearing this, so subscribe there. And we're also approved already for TuneIn Radio. Yay! So that is awesome. We listen to TuneIn a lot. They got some cool radio stations all over the country, all over the world, I think. Yeah. And all via internet, you can stream it, just do searches there, and you'll find us there. Now, the goal of our podcast, first and foremost, is to be entertaining. Yeah, (laughs) and entertained. Exactly. (laughs) But our main goal here is going to be whether the 4K Blu-ray disc is worth the extra 5 to $10 it costs over the standard Blu-ray and up to 15 to 20 over a DVD. Yeah, and you can find some Blu-rays and, in this case, 4K Blu-rays that are outrageous. So, is it worth it? Listen yes. Listen to us and find out. Yes, and we think it's very important because one 4K disc is definitely not equal to the other and... Even for us, we'd like to know if the quality is worth that upgrade because we're not talking about 10 cents here. We're talking 5 to $10. This is going to be a disc you have the rest of your life. And is it worth putting that extra money towards a disc you got the rest of your life for very minimal upgrades or sometimes no upgrade at all for a good 10 bucks and, you know, which is what some people make an hour, 10 bucks an hour, so. Yeah, basically, we want to save you from what we went through when we got the Blu-ray of It, the miniseries from 1990. We were so excited to get it on Blu-ray, not 4K, obviously, Blu-ray, and then we pop it in, and then we were like, what is going on? Like, there was absolutely no upgrade whatsoever, and we were like, why did we get the Blu-ray then? So, we want you to not go through that and know which 4K discs it's okay to get and it's worth to get. Exactly. And along with that, if you haven't upgraded to the 4K format yet, don't worry. We're reviewing the movie and going to tell you if the movie's worth the buy, rent, or avoid. Yes. And for the first time in his long, long, long career, Bill Shetty will be discussing movies that are not horror. So you are in for a treat. We're going to have just as many non-horror movies as other genres of horror. And this will be interesting for me personally. But I do feel that we are offering you out there, the listeners and the fans, something special. Because this is valued. Because I think of this every time I go into a Best Buy or online And look at the difference in price and is like, is this a movie that even garners 4K? So we're going to let you know straight up. Yep. That is the main goal. But we are reviewing the movie. And with that, we're going to have four total segments. So we got something for everybody and a couple little 
twist things that we're doing that I think will be cool, but you can let us know. Now, we are going to be having guests come on the show, which is another very interesting part. We have a couple people already in mind we got coming on. We already got one scheduled coming on, but that's going to be around the fifth episode and up. We want to get this format down so we're not fumbling through while guests are on. Get over to the website. Movies in 4K is listed on BillShetty.com. That's my name where I'm going to have a lot of archival podcasts that were done a decade ago, some more than that, and some more recent, not that recent. (laughs) Yeah. But it will have tons of more content. So you will want to go to BillShetty.com. No doubt about that. It also will have some written stuff up there, too, if you want to check out our exact ratings and what we recommend. Maybe some links. I'm not sure how the website's going to go right now, but I do want to make sure you get over to BillShetty.com, and you can subscribe there, too. Or you can just go to iTunes and uh, pop in Movies in 4K. We come up first. Now, is there anything else? That you want to plug, Lady Phantom. We should say we're on Letterboxd. I'm Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. So follow us there. Phantom is on Twitter. Yes, you can find me at Lady Phantom 74. Yes. And we also do another podcast with Jay of the Dead covering only horror movies at Horror Movie Weekly. Yes. One episode a week every Sunday. Yeah. So... If you want to hear everything about recent horror movies from either five years ago or more recent, just kindly direct yourselves to Horror Movie Weekly. We are right there and we are battling all the time because that's what we do. Absolutely. And big props to Jay of the Dead over there who hosts that and runs the show. He's our good buddy. Hey, Jay, what's up out there, buddy? (laughs) He's our stalker in chief. And we got to convert this guy to 4K. He hasn't made the plunge yet, so. Well, he still has to make the plunge to regular TV. I mean, he watches everything (laughs) on a laptop. That (laughs) is true. And before we get this show rolling, I do want to say, no doubt about it, I recommend upgrading to the 4K TV and a 4K Blu-ray and the sound system. Absolutely. And even if... Even if you don't have any 4K movies yet, the 4K TV makes everything else look amazing. Yes, you want to get that. If you're in the market to get a new TV, definitely get a 4K one and a decent one. Don't go for the lower knockoff brands because the quality is terrible. And you don't have to spend an arm and a leg anymore to get a you know 60-inch 4K TV for under $1,000. Easy. Brand name stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and it's really, really worth it. You know when you go to Walmart or Best Buy and you see those screens and you're like, oh my gosh, like, look at that. You can have that at home. And it looks incredible. And really, people, even if you're watching a DVD or a normal Blu-ray, it will look incredible. Yes, because it does upsample to the 4K TV. So if you just have a regular Blu-ray or DVD player now, It will look better with the 4K TV. So when you're in the market, if you're thinking about it, we both highly recommend it. And we recommend a home stereo system. Sound is one of the most important things to me in movies. Not sure how everybody else is that. I know I'm a little critical on sound because I think it brings 50% to the movie personally. Of course. it. I don't know. It gives life to scenes and the music or lack thereof is incredibly important for movies. So it gives you a feel that you wouldn't have otherwise. Absolutely. So that's our little rundown. And before we get started, like I said, this will be four segments. We are going to describe each when we get to it, our goal and while we're doing it. So what do you think? Are you ready, Phantom, to get this show rolling? Ready or not. Okay, we're starting off with current events. Yes, this is something different on a movie podcast, I think. 
And this will be time-sensitive material. We are recording only two days ahead of when these episodes go out. So these are accurate, up-to-date. Now, if you go back months later, of course, you got to figure that into the things. But these are events, news, things that have fascinated us, me and the Phantom. And we think it's a cool little section to start to show off before we get into the meat of the movie review and things like that it gives you an extra little added bonus to the show this won't be that long of a segment but i think a lot of people maybe if they're not up onto the news you might learn a little something investigate this these are things that are fascinated us since the last episode so it might be a week behind at most because we're doing it every other week but that will be as far as it will be behind but pretty much these are going to be things happening right now no doubt about it Mm -hmm. so we're not pre-recording these way ahead of time so they don't get out of sync and we're going to start with the phantom and what is your topic that just happened oh first i want to say this news or current event can be about anything. It can be political. It can be about movies. It could be about music. It could be about any new subject that fascinated us and grabbed us. And we want to talk a little bit more. So go on, Phantom. What do you got? Okay. My piece of recent events has to do with a series of books and movies. Maybe you've heard about it. A long time ago, back when the Twilight Saga was the thing, you know, Stephanie Meyer, the author of the, uh, of the books, published something in her website. It was a little piece of a book that supposedly was going to be called Midnight Sun, which was basically the, the story of Twilight, but from Edward Collins' point of view. The point was that a lot of people got it, of course, and pirated it. I mean, they just downloaded it, and then she didn't release anything else. For years and years and years. This was a long time ago. Well, turns out she apparently had this countdown on her website and people were wondering why. And the news was just released. She is going to finally release the book Midnight Sun, the Twilight book from the point of view of Edward Cullen. And it will be released on August 4th, 2020. And that, I mean, for the people that like the books... And the Twilight movies, which, by the way, I happen to like more than the average person. It is big. I mean, it is big news. Now, are these going to be made into a movie? It is one book. One. Only the Twilight book from the point of view of Edward Cullen. Now, will it be made into a movie? I doubt it. Because it's the same thing, just from his point of view. Like what he is thinking when he meets Bella and when all of this is happening. So the teenagers that like this series, they're in their 30s now, I would say. Are they still into that? Maybe. I mean, you never know. I'm, I don't know. I started reading the never-ending story and everything when I was a child, and I'm still into it because it's what I grew up with. And all the Potterheads around there should also know about that because like, when you, when you grow up with something, many times you don't grow out of it. So... Yeah, why not? I mean, I would read it. I Come, will read it. Why not? Coming from the horror world, this Twilight series has been a big boondoggle. <laughs> so I many think, people have refused to review it, even though it's not straight up horror by no means. But the first couple were definitely in the horror category. And just for one, I will say, I did not mind a couple of them. They were okay. Yes, they're love stories, basically. But there's some creepy parts in some of them, I thought. So I'm not that interested in what she's saying. It don't affect me too much. But for all them fans, and the Twilight series has tons of fans, probably still millions, tens of millions all over the world. I think it is big for them. I would say it's a very divisive series. Not only in the world of horror, in general, because... There, it has a lot of haters out there. I don't really know why, but everything you read on the, I don't know, pop culture sites and everything, they used to say for a while, still a, be- a better love story than Twilight. 
I mean, it's okay. You know, it's, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't think it is a piece of art or anything, but it's entertaining. So I will read that book. Well, I can say I do not own the discs of Twilight. (laughs) I used to, and I used to own the books as well. Not anymore, but... Yeah, they're okay. They're those movies are okay. So except this is, for Jacob. Jacob sucks. This is care. something that has been anticipated that just hit the wire, basically. Yeah, and the thing was that it stopped being anticipated for a long time because what, back when that happened, we we're talking—I don't remember exactly—but we we're talking ten years ago or something. So it left the, the the minds of many people like they weren't really even thinking about it anymore. And then suddenly this happens. And so for the people that actually like that series and that were wanting to read all the book, that is kind of major news. All right. So a new Twilight book is Phantom's current event. I think I got something way more interesting people out there. (laughs) Hey, to each its own. She's going to have her own fans and pick different topics. And my topics are going to vary widely, I can tell you, on this segment. It's whatever I'm interested or fascinates me during news cycles. I mean, it could even be about sports. It could be about anything you can imagine. It's current. Now, with everybody going through this coronavirus pandemic, I think I got a little bit more of a bad news topic here. I think this is going to blow a lot of people away. This just hit a day ago. And I'm so curious to hear the Phantom's point of view and what your guys' point of view is about this topic. I'm going to start off with a news clip right here. And here we go. It couldn't get any worse. An invasive and potentially deadly hornet has been found in the U.S. for the very first time. Asian giant hornets, nicknamed murder hornets, have a venomous sting that can kill someone if they're stung several times. They're even strong enough to puncture a beekeeper suit. Scientists say the two-inch-long hornets were spotted in Washington State in December and have been attacking beehives. It's still unclear how they made it to the U.S. There you go, Phantom. We have a new hornet that just made its way to the United States. This thing is two inches. So you're talking eight times the size of a regular bee, maybe. This thing has a stinger. It depends what type of bee it is. There's some small bees out there. But this is a monster, a two-inch hornet. Yeah, I read about that. Now, you are already freaked out about bees themselves. She goes running. Yes, like bees are around me and I will uncontrollably run away because I just can't handle that. Now, on that news, I mean, yes, they, but as far as I know, they haven't found them alive. They found two different hornets at two different times, both were dead. But how have they even receive the u.s mainland oh my gosh what how does anything ever happen i don't know this world is weird because we need something else that is weird right now i I don't know and what a name murder hornet yeah because bees and that i think that that is really dangerous because i mean as much as i'm afraid of bees i don't hate bees i'm just terribly afraid of them this thing kills them like bad it just rips their head off tears their heads off and it can kill a a complete beehive so it's major it's a a major thing and it's really scary and i just hope I, i really really hope because they still said in the news that right now it's that window to really find them and get rid of them And I hope they do, because that is a very scary prospect. Could you imagine these things be flying around like regular bees? Oh, my God. Now, I was stung about 20 times. I fell into a bush that had a beehive in it (laughs) when I was younger. So I'm not, like, terrified of bees. But when I see one flying, I don't make sudden movements. I walk away calmly. Now, if they're coming around my face, it might freak me out because I'm a person that hates bugs completely. They just get under my skin and give me the willies. But this 
story actually freaked me out to seeing these big things flying out. <laughs> and yeah. They could kill you. Like, I mean, regular bees can kill you. You need a lot of stings unless you're allergic to or them. allergic, yeah. But this one, they didn't put a number on it, but I think it's, you know, like under a dozen. You know, you get stung multiple times. These things literally are going to kill you. Yeah, and the thing with these things, it's like like wasps. They don't die if they sting you. Bees do. Right. Because they leave their... I think their internal organs and everything along with the sting. But these things can very well just sting and sting and sting for the heck of it, you know? All right. So there you have it. Something about Twilight and something about killer hornets. The murder hornets. Yeah, and they look creepy. Yes. If they you want to pop them up. Orange. Yeah, I know this isn't video. But, um, yeah, do a search in for murder hornet and you'll see the size of these things. They are gnarly like unbelievable and their stinger tail you can even see man it's like freaks me out so that is our first segment down now we're going to get into something done a little bit interesting also so let's kick off that one okay most people use imdb for movie ratings synopses um it's the number one site to look up movies granted yeah yes we have rotten tomatoes we have letterbox we got fandango there's plenty out but imdb is the source they've been around the longest and most people go there now this one fact has become such a sticky point in podcasts critics everywhere it is what genre a movie is in. Now, this isn't the days of video stores when you had a movie, Rocky. That was in sports section. It wasn't in drama. It wasn't in action. They had to be placed in one section. This whole topic has become a bane of contention on so many critics, professional and not. And we want to go a little bit further covering this. We are going to be using IMDb's stated genres. The movie we are covering is Ready Player One. We haven't even mentioned that yet, but it is the title of the show. <laughs> and that is listed as action, adventure, sci-fi. Now, they list the genres alphabetically. That doesn't mean there's more action than sci-fi. But what we're going to do, we're going to quantify each movie, what the percentage of each subplot there is, basically. Because I've heard so many shows on TV, even, people arguing about what genre a movie is. So we are going to break it down so granularly that you're going to get a feel of what this movie is because things are not categorized in one thing anymore phantom that is true so this total has to equal 100 percent. we can add genres and we can say there, it's zero percent via listed on imdb they get it wrong many a times in my opinion and most critics will agree i don't know where these genres come from i don't know if it's done by the producers directors marketing agents that want to get their genre out in more fields just so while you're doing searches it comes up in more but we are going to break it down a percentage on each genre to tell you exactly what is involved in this movie so let's start this up we're going to go alphabetically and then we can categorize it separate however we want to do it, Phantom and myself. But the first one is action. Put a percentage on that, Phantom. I would say this is a 40% action movie. Okay, I'm going with 30%. Okay. I think there definitely is a genre that's more prevalent in this, even though this does have action in it. It felt like one-third to me. There's a lot of scenes that are action-oriented, and then there's a lot of dialogue scenes and mystery-type scenes, things like that. So I felt 
Absolutely. This would not be in the action genre of the old blockbuster. No doubt. No. All right. Let's move to the second category is adventure. Adventure, I would give it a nice 20%. And I'm at 15, so we're pretty close here. Now, I'm so curious if uh, the Phantom's going to add a genre to this, because we can add a genre. If one was not included on IMDb, and we feel like it needs to be, then we will add it and tell you. So, Adventure... It's not like a typical adventure movie, I feel like. It's not like Indiana Jones, I think, of adventure like that. No, but there's definitely a quest. So that, I mean, that is very adventurous. Yes. But it's not the, it could be considered the rising theme, though. But for me, when I think of that, it, it denotes adventure in a certain way. More like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) it's a quest that's a good term i like that phantom like there is a meaning behind the goal there's a ulterior motive to get to a better place or something there is a final objective to be reached and wouldn't you say that fantasy and adventure pretty much go hand in hand if it's fantasy it's more than likely going to be an adventure not necessarily but many times okay So we're moving out to the final genre listed on IMDb, and that is science fiction. I would say the rest of that, 100% from my point of view, uh, 40% is science fiction. And I would personally look for this movie in the science fiction uh, section of Blockbuster. Well, I agree with that, and I'm going even way higher, 55 to make up my 100. This is definitely... More than half science fiction, way more than half, in my opinion. So it definitely garnered over a 50% to me. I just couldn't go any higher because a third of it is action also. So I needed to make that up. But I do agree with you. This is definitely in the science fiction category. If we went back a couple decades and it could only be listed in one, It had to be on a certain shelf, and Best Buy used to do this too. Circuit City, back in the day, every video store, they had them in one genre. You went over to the action section, you went over to the sci-fi section, you went to the horror section, comedy. Now it's a cluster bleep. (laughs) (laughs) And so many shows talk about this incessantly, and I think people are getting sick of hearing it. And they're arguing amongst themselves constantly about what a movie is. So I think this is a good segue into the movie review, Phantom, is what the exact entailment of the movie you have. So both of us are in agreement that this is in the science fiction section. By this also, we don't mean that other people could actually think something different you know because for example in this movie we will be talking about that a little bit later there is some kind of a little love story and some people might even think it's a romance or something yeah but you gotta dismiss that we're fair critics would you say i think we're both fair yes what i mean is what we are saying here is not like plastered on stone okay this is our very personal criticism of the movie and we are trying to be as fair as possible without going insane with 2,000 different genres in one movie. Exactly. And for you to get a feel what this movie's about. Yeah. You might be more of an action fan and see this on IMDb like Fast and the Furious and think it's something like that. That's why we're quantifying the percentages to know you know, this is a science fiction movie, first and foremost. And then it's got some subgenres. Geez, there's even a couple jokes in this at times. I mean, people will throw comedy. Yeah. But we're not going to go that lenient on things. It's got to be set in a place. Yes. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there is so much cross-genre. So let's get off of this topic and move into our movie review. Ready Player One, directed by Steven Spielberg and written by who, Phantom? 
Zach Penn and Ernest Klein. This is a 2018 movie, runs over two hours. And who does it star? It stars Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, and Ben Mendelsohn. And I want to say TJ Miller, too, because he's in this. <laughs> and I only know him from Silicon Valley. And Phantom, you know him from a lot of things, this guy. Not a lot of things, but Deadpool. <laughs> oh, all right. So this is where we covered a movie review. We're going to rate it from 1 to 10 and um, pretty much tell you whether to buy it, rent it, or avoid it. Now, this is before the 4K. That is the last segment, and we're going to make you wait for the good stuff. <laughs> so read the synopsis they have on IMDb there, Phantom. When the creator of a virtual reality called the Oasis dies, he makes a posthumous challenge to all Oasis users to find his Easter egg which will give the finder his fortune and control of his world. Boy, that is a terrible synopsis. If I read that, I'd never want to watch this movie. <laughs> that is true. This is, a, a, I would say, a difficult movie to just, oh, it's about this, you know? Well, I'm going to ask you, what's this about? Come on, get a real human subject here. Well, first of all, this is a, in a future world okay we are talking about 2045 i think it is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean this guy that creates a virtual reality called the oasis dies so then all the users of the oasis which is like a perfect world in which people go basically to live inside their own fantasy world whatever they want to do whatever they want to play so this place is perfect for people who want to escape their reality, which is bad. It's, it looks it's, like a, po a post-apocalyptic world Right, or it's something. very bleak. Most people are in this world and not living their normal life. Because it's funny, it starts with people living in trailers and they're stacked on top of each other in this zombie-esque world. Yeah, it's actually called the stacks where people live, and it's really, really bleak. And so, everybody is with this virtual reality headsets and everything. And they're escaping to this world and paying money to do things, paying money to buy stuff in this world. Yeah, it's like people living in an actual video game, you know. But then this guy, this guy dies, and he creates a quest in which people have to find three keys. And whoever gets those three keys gets to keep that world and to actually be the owner of this world and a lot of money and everything that that entails. So, of course, there is this villain, you know, with his villainous company that, I mean, his own objective is to get control of the Oasis. But there are a lot of people trying to do exactly the same thing for different reasons. Right. And most people are poor in this yeah. world. Yes, yeah, most people are in really bad conditions. And it's really cool because you you see all kinds of people with all kinds of avatars. And you don't know if it, if they are children, men, women, old people, because they Just get to like be what they the want. the real internet is. You never know exactly. who's behind that username. Exactly. And all these other games. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I will say up front, I am not a video game player. I grew up on them the atari the first one pong <laughs> i played space invaders pac-man back in the day i had a nintendo once i think the best system i ever had was some sort of sega system i would say maybe 90s in college dreamcast or something like that outside of that and the games i played were not like these shoot them up nihilistic games in my opinion they were sports i played sports games just like what i'm like in real life i played basketball games tennis games and those original space invaders and things like that so for me i understood the movie this world i mean i do i have watched people play doom and call of duty and things like that i semi know what they're about not big now, you have three sons, Phantom, that plays these type of games all the time. So you're more apt to know this world, would you say? A little, a little. I was, oh, I also grew up on the, well, not really. I never had video games as a child. But 
I do enjoy the match three games and stuff like that. I am That's not, not this world. <laughs> definitely not. No, this, this is, is Call of Duty world. Call of, Call of Duty or Halo, things Halo, like that. Halo, things that are, oh, there, there's one Harry Potter one. It's called Hogwarts Mystery or something. But I am not into that. I'm, I am not into role-playing games at all. But have you ever made an avatar in any game system? I have. Oh, the Phantom. <laughs> yeah, because we used to have a, a Wii and an Xbox and stuff like that. So I just had a user there, even if I almost never played. But I did create an avatar. But funnily enough, you know, this is something very personal for... I mean, I suppose there are people like that. Many times I, I see people that create an avatar of their perfect self... They make someone, I don't know, whatever they consider beautiful, like blonde or thin or I don't I know, whatever. I think more people do the opposite, but there is some that do. Me personally, I always create, whenever I have to make an avatar for anything, I always create an avatar as similar to me as I can find. I am not, I, I don't have, funnily enough, I have a, or I consider myself to have a big imagination but I am not into imagine myself as someone different. So if you see my, for example, the Memoji that they are, I don't know, having on the, the iPhone and everything, it will look similar to me because, yeah, I'm not into creating someone that I'm not. So that's it. Yeah, and one thing I'd like to describe is these people really get sucked into this. Like when you get hit, you feel it. You can be knocked off. They're on a 360-degree round treadmill with things hooked into their suit sometimes and goggles. Like, almost like there is some virtual reality things nowadays that give you an immersive experience. We've actually tried one in the casinos out here. It looked like that on TV, what we experienced. I can't remember the name of it. But you sit down, you put goggles on, and things come in and stab you and stuff like that. This yeah, thing we did. It was a horror one. But it was very cartoony, which this is too. This was better graphics than the one we did. I could see maybe in the future being more sucked into that. But, I mean, this is the way the world's going, I think. Yeah, and nobody's saying that it will be like that. But yeah, I mean, virtual reality is more of a thing. Every, I mean, even you go to Amazon to buy something and it says, place it on your living room. You know, you have that option to see the object that you want right. to buy on your living room. I do not want to underemphasize this, is that it's like you're watching a video game. Yeah. One that's better than the best. Not much better, would I say. I've seen some amazing video games. I don't know the name of the games. But it totally feels like that. Every character is, you know, very cartoony, animated, wind blowing in their hair, things like that. A lot of effects. I mean, this is 70% CGI, I would say, yeah. somewhere around that. Industrial light and magic. And I, I read also that Steven Spielberg would like to, to check on sets or something. He would put on the the virtual reality headset and just look around. It, it was it, it's something really cool, I think. Right. So there's five main characters, and they're trying to do this quest: find three keys inside the game to become the owner of this. Because there's this big bad company reminded me of Resident Evil, <laughs> like the Umbrella Corporation. There's this big yeah. corporation that wants to take over all the money and the domination in the world, and they're going against them. So there's all that, which you've seen a hundred times in other movies. Um, the biggest thing I would like to describe before we get into any more reviews, and we're not going to dive so deep into these movie reviews. We're just going to give you a gist of what they're about, what we liked, maybe what we didn't like certain things, but what fascinated us. But we're not going to get so analytical like most movie podcasts do and get granular into things we're more interested just telling you if it's worth watching this and then getting to the 4k is that worth it but the thing about this movie is i totally enjoyed and i think it's because of my age there's a lot of pop culture references to 70s and 80s 
and all I don't over. And I personally don't know how much a teenager would get these references, Phantom, because I feel like this movie is made for teenagers. I that's a very good question. Like it would look like it would appeal to the teenagers from the video game. Right, because it is PG thirteen. Yes. I mean, that doesn't mean that it's for them. It it just means that it's okay for children 13 and over to watch it. But don't you think kids nowadays are more interested, just like Twitch, it's all people playing video games. Kids watching kids play video games for the most part. Yes. That doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, I don't want to watch someone endlessly playing something. I don't care about that. I, I just don't see the appeal in that. But maybe this movie will appeal to those people that like to watch someone play a video game because it, it really is like a big, big video game. Now, I am like on the cusp. Video games came out in my generation when uh-huh. I was a kid. So I think anybody older than me would definitely not enjoy this movie. So 50, 55 and up, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm old. I don't think they would enjoy watching a video game. I really don't because I don't enjoy it personally. Now, there's other things that kept me engaged. I'm a big horror fan. If you don't know out there, get over to Horror Movie Weekly and all my previous shows. But I've pretty much watched every horror movie in existence for the past decades. So anyway, there is mind-blowingly tons of horror references, Freddy, Jason, Chucky, Alien, cool things. I loved it. The Shining. There's a 20-minute set piece in The Shining I loved. That is extremely cool. Well done. It's very well done. Like many of those things were done digitally. And they also took like original footage. But they did something with the new footage to make it older to to match the movie it's amazing it, uh, that part is like beyond anything that i can describe it's so cool can we say spielberg is a big horror fan now this was from a book but i'm sure he added some of his own things in here and there's a lot of horror references yeah and uh, that part of the shining i read that it was originally going to be something else actually i've read Many people that say that this is not a very good adaptation. I wouldn't know about that. I haven't read the book. But that section is so good. It's so well done. And this movie in general, it's extremely well done. Yes, it referenced popular things in pop culture. Rubik's Cube, Michael Jackson. I mean, so many things to name. I wouldn't discount people like 55 or something from liking this just for the same reason that for example i am or you would say i am way too old to like the harry potter world you know and yet i like it i like it a lot and i stepped into it when i was in my late 20s yeah but when i say that phantom i'm not saying everybody in the world you have a tendency to put words in my mouth i'm I'm just just saying saying, i'm just giving people a warning if you don't like watching video games you can go on twitch right now and go watch a million people play video games and this is just like that yes there is a story behind it how good that story is is going to be up to you but it's the stories about a video game things you do in a video game you want to collect coins you want to get weapons i mean these are yes video game things yeah but for us like for the older section you could say i mean this movie is plagued with pop culture references and easter eggs everywhere and it's a lot of fun like you see this you see that the only problem is that they go by so quickly you know, like later on, I was reading on IMDb about all the, the trivia and everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to watch that again because it, it, it has so many things that I missed because they happen so quickly. But it's also like you are watching the movie and you do catch a lot of stuff. And it's super, super cool. Right. And the last main thing I want to cover with this and then we can get into the ratings on this bad boy is the key aspect in this is an Easter egg. And I'd like the phantom describe what actually is an easter egg 
Well, an Easter egg is considered a hidden thing placed in a movie, television show, video game, and generally it's just for fun. I mean, it doesn't really have a, an objective of being. It's just they put it there for people to find it and get a kick out of it. And apparently it originated with the 75 movie, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Cool. When, yeah, the cast had an Easter egg hunt, but most of the eggs went unfound. And they can be seen throughout the movie in various locations. And that's basically it. I've also found them, like, for example, in menus, like the, mm -hmm. the extended version of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. There are Easter eggs in the menus that you just, like, go and go and go and look and look and look. And you find videos that are very funny, most of them. Um, I so remember, that's an Easter egg. I remember back in the day... I'm not super familiar with this term, but I do remember back in the day, like on the original Nintendo, if you did certain things like did up, up, left, left, up, up, down, 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 it would take you to the developer or something. Something yeah. so silly, but if you're really into the game or the movie, you get a laugh, a chuckle. You're like, oh, look at that. It's something extra. Yeah, that's that's basically an Easter egg. And here in this movie, you find everything. Like, I read and then I, I looked in the movie. And for those of you who don't know, probably most of you don't know, but anyway, I love Doctor Who. And when you, in one of the scenes when you first find um, or they first enter a workshop, you can see a shot of the TARDIS from the first Doctor, I think it is. But the point is that you can see it there. And it's so, so cool. It reminds me, I don't know, of, for example, all the James Wan's movies and everything. Where, For example, Dead Silence, you can see Billy from Saw in the place where all the puppets are. So it's Right, just and fun. usually these are things that you definitely need to rewatch. You got to really like the film. You got to pause the film. Somebody has to tell you about it. But there's people that actually go through movies to find all these Easter eggs in these movies. Yeah. And that is what this movie's about. The characters have to find three Easter eggs. Yeah. It's like. three things the developer hid in this world, and that is the moral of the story, basically. <laughs> well, the moral of the story is not that, but, I mean, that's That's what 90% is. That's the objective. The moral is different, but okay. Exactly. So let's go on and rate this. I'll start, Phantom. I'm giving this a six out of ten. Um, like I said, I'm not big into video games. I think it's a buy. And why I'm going to say that is because of what we just said. It's definitely rewatchable. Movies that you enjoyed growing up, they're in this. <laughs> yeah. References to food, to toys, to games to sports, to characters, they're thrown out with this. And if you only watch it once, you're going to miss a slew of things because there's several scenes when there's like hundreds of characters watching and you're following that one and you'll say, oh my God, look, there's Jason, for example, but you're missing 90 other characters that are, who's the girl? Harley Quinn, for example. Uh -huh. She's in it. You're missing all these other characters that they put in there for brief seconds. Is that is cool? And you're like, oh, look, I remember that. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. My rating of this movie is higher. I'm rating it an eight out of ten. I really deeply enjoyed this movie. The thing is that I am a sucker for Easter eggs and for cultural references, and I liked so many of those things. You know, I, I like the guy, the the main actor like, or his character, his avatar has a Thundercats belt. And when I was 13 years old, oh, my gosh, I lived and died by the Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> It was stupid because, I mean, I was almost a teenage girl and there I was liking things that children liked. And th that, but that was me, and I'm still like that, so who cares? But yeah, I, I really, really enjoy this movie. And funnily enough, Steven Spielberg's movies are not really here. I mean, you can see a few things, like you can see the T-Rex the from Jurassic Park. You can see uh, things from movies that maybe he produced, but he stopped himself from a lot of references that were actually in the book 
that were from his movies, because like not to be criticized, you know, that, that his own work was in the movie and blah, blah, blah. Personally, I would have loved to see everything from him because, I mean, the guy is an icon in pop culture. So, yeah. There you got it. Bill Shetty, 6 out of 10, and Phantom, 8 out of 10, both buy it. And our last question before we get to the good stuff, what is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Mine is Jaws. And yours, Phantom? That is an extremely hard question. Hey, putting you on the spot. Mine's not even close. It's Jaws, and it's one of his first ones he ever did. It's a 10 out of 10. It's an amazing film, even today. Holds up. You know what? I have many Steven Spielberg movies that I like. I would say Schindler's List is close to the top, but I think my personal favorite is Jewel. Oh, yeah, that was before Jaws. Great. And you just found that because I did buy that for the Phantom yes. personally to see. That is an excellent movie. And it, what would you rate the duel? Oh, the duel? <laughs> I would rate that easily a nine. I mean, it's so good. It's full of action. It's really intense. It's scary. It's, it's just a great, great movie. Moving on to the good stuff. Now, we're getting into the reason why you're supposed to be here. <laughs> See, we're giving you a lot of extra stuff. That's what we're trying to do here, is give you extra stuff. Now we're going to rate the actual 4K disc. Now, this one, we're not giving you a number rating, but we're going to be giving you a letter grade. So from A to F, how good the quality is. And this is mainly video, even though the audio sometimes is different from the Blu-ray. It's mainly video and the quality on the 4K disc. Again, 4K discs are $5 at least up to $10. So this is very important for us. Okay, Phantom. So 4K video quality, technical, what do you think? I think it's great. The video is excellent. It's super colorful. The sound is amazing. Even the neighbors asked us to turn down the TV. I didn't think it was that loud, but oh well. But that speaks to the surround of the, of the disc. What do you think? I was a little disappointed. Now, this is tons of CGI. So it's going to look brighter. I will say nothing really blew me away about the video quality. This is a 2K up convert. This is not a native 4K. And to let you know, if you don't know out there, most of you 4K fans will probably know this. Um, anything animated usually is a 2K. And then they up convert it to 4K. So this is a 2K up converted to 4k so what we're dealing with is more the hdr than the actual pixels so 2k is only six percent better than the blu-ray now it's up converted to the 4k quality pixel wise so it's the hdr how vibrant how colorful is the colors how dark is the darkest scenes how much shadows do you see how many blades of hair do you see how many veins and eyes you can see <laughs> you know things like that and for me i don't really think i noticed much with the hdr in this film particularly now you're right it looked amazing i think the blu-ray would look amazing i think the dvd would look amazing just because of all the colors in it. How much difference would you say this would overshadow the Blu-ray? How more vivid is this compared to a Blu-ray? How more rich? How much more ingrained to you? You're really high. You think this is on the upper scale? I would think so. 
Yes, I, I, I think this would look incredible on a Blu-ray or DVD, as you said. But this, I mean, wow. Like there are scenes where you see things shining that shouldn't be shining because it's set in the real world and it looks beautiful it looks really really beautiful and alive and i just love the way it looks and i do want to say you might be asking yourself if you don't know this well how much do we know about 4k well we've been in 4k for years and we've seen hundreds of movies so this isn't our first rodeo just to let you fans know out there this isn't our first disc we got we got a lot of comparisons of good quality and bad quality 4K discs. Yeah, just to and, let you know. and actually, this was one of our first 4Ks. Like, we watched it a long time ago, and then since then, we've watched many more, and now we rewatched it. So pretty much we know what we're talking oh, about. Oh, yes, and we do rewatch every movie before the show. So it's completely fresh, and I pause them. I run the fast-forward, rewind, or all that type stuff, too. Now, moving on just to the audio for a second, this is Dolby Atmos, which I think is also available on the Blu-ray. Most of the time, the audio is the same on the Blu-ray as it is for the 4K. That's not always the case, just to let you know. But Atmos is on Blu-ray also, not on DVD. You cannot get Dolby Atmos on DVD or DTS HD and all them formats. Sound was another thing. It sounded good. There was a lot of surrounds. I definitely enjoyed the surrounds. For me, Phantom, I don't know. It felt a little flat to me. Like the songs. There's a lot of 80 songs in this, which I enjoyed as part of the movie. Like they didn't punch. It was more like they're in the background. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Like it didn't envelop you. There's a lot of scenes of them going in and out of this virtual world with halo effects and shooting in and out and digital effects with things coming off their body and sparks and stuff like that. That had some good uh, surround and stuff. There were some overhead effects with the Atmos, some enveloping sounds. I mean, the, the sound, I think, was better than the video. Now, when I say that, this video quality is superb. I mean, <laughs> I don't want you to get the impression that I'm knocking the video quality. I am judging this over a Blu-ray. How good. I, I was let down by the quality. I was expecting this to be a top-notch one, for example. I was expecting you to put this on because it's so much in a digital world to things shoot out at you where you didn't see. And quite the opposite, Phantom, the fact that I, I guess you had, is I thought things were more muddied. I thought things weren't as sharp as they could have been. And maybe that has to do with the action on the scene. There was a lot of characters at once, but I thought it wasn't as detailed as it could have been in certain scenes. I don't know. I... I thought it looked great. Now, when they're in the real world, I definitely wasn't impressed. I no, mean, I'm no. going by one, and I'm sure we're going to cover this movie, but I just want to make mention of how good some quality can be is I just bought the Phantom Knives Out. Now, this isn't a movie you would say, oh, my God, why are you going to get a movie like this? It's just people talking pretty much the whole time. I didn't even watch the movie. But when I came downstairs and watched this and seen their faces and the quality and the depth and the little pock marks and zits and vibrancy and the real dark blacks and the real bright reds and stuff, like I was blown away. So you might be shocked out there that some movies you think you don't need are garnering this because... I know we're going to cover Knives Out, but what do you think comparatively to the live action scenes, Phantom? Not the digital stuff, just the real people, like when they're riding around in the van and things like that. Didn't you notice a monstrous difference in the quality of their faces and their arms and hair on their arms compared to Knives Out? Yes. Yeah, the live action scenes were nothing even comparable. Here, the live action scenes in ready player one are like standard 
I mean, I, 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 I can't find another term. They are pretty much standard, nothing special. See, and that's where I'm coming from. Now, the digital effects, like I said, look great. They do. Do they affect our review? Well, let's find out because I think we covered it. Last thing we will just gloss over quick is what special features are on the disc of Ready Player One, Phantom? Okay, so basically we have a journey alongside Steven Spielberg and the cast over an hour and 30 minutes of bonus contest, of course, loaded with Easter eggs and 80 stuff and how they achieved the special effects and everything and more. Yes, yeah, six featurettes. Six I think. featurettes. So that an hour and I a half. I am going to watch. I haven't watched them, but I'm going to because like, I'm all about 80s stuff and nostalgia and everything because I'm an 80s girl. Yes, and see, to me, special features sometimes is a selling point, sometimes not. If it's a movie I love, it's a selling point. If it's a movie I don't know, I've never seen it, might be a selling point. <laughs> but typically for me, I don't look at the disc when I buy it, what special features. I know a lot of people do because they want to get the most of their money. So that's why we're going to tell you what special features are on the disc for you people out there that it really matters. Now, some of my favorites I do want to see. I do like to see gag reels and making of, no doubt. Yes, those are also my favorite. I tend to stay away from uh, commentary. Yeah, I'm only big in commentaries if it's somebody I know really well, a director I really enjoy or an actor I really enjoy. Yeah, like the commentaries, galleries, uh, stuff like that, I don't really enjoy that much. But I know that many people buy the, the disc for the commentary. Like I've heard a lot of people do that. And, okay, to each their own, right? I, my thing is the gag reels. Like, if a movie has gag reels, I'm there because I, I just love them. But, yeah, I mean, this looks like it's it would be very interesting to watch all the special features. I mean, an hour and a half? Mm -hmm, yeah. All right, let's get to the point everybody's waiting for, I hope, <laughs> is, is the 4K Blu-ray disc of Ready Player One from 2018 Worth that extra money, Phantom, and give us your grade. I think this movie is worth the extra money because, yes, it's true that the real world parts are not that outstanding, but, man, I mean, 70% of this movie is not in the real world. It's in this virtual world that looks incredible, super colorful, beautiful, sharp. The characters look like they could be alive if they weren't video <laughs> characters <laughs> you know so my personal grading for this 4k disc is a b plus i think it's really really good and and buy it absolutely so it is it's worth, worth the, the five to ten dollars extra i think so all right and i'm pretty much with the phantom the virtual world looks incredible it's bright and sharp, except some of those scenes I described when there's 100 characters on there, like it doesn't perform the 4K because I think because how it's shot. And some of the scenes, even in 4K, were dark, and you want those contrasting scenes. You want the dark with the bright. And some scenes, just how it was shot, don't attract, I would say, the 4K quality. Like they just would never be that great because of how Spielberg framed some scenes. So I am docking a little bit on that. I think the Blu-ray would be just as good in a lot of them scenes. And all the facial live action stuff was Blu-ray quality, I would say. I see no uptick in quality from the film. And they actually did use film in this movie. It wasn't shot on digital cameras, the actual live action stuff. So my grade is going to be a B minus, and I'm going to say it is worth the upgrade. It's nice having it. I think as better TVs go when we get 6K, 8K, all that stuff, this one could even shine more down that road. So I do think this one is worth that extra five bucks because of all the digital effects. You are getting a little more, and the Atmos sound is incredible. 
it's definitely the highlight in this to me and the pop references in the movie. Okay, so that's our show. We hope you enjoyed that. Um, this one run a little longer. I think it's going to be close to an hour, so that's cool. And that's we want to keep it an hour and under somewhere around that. And this is, remember, where we described every section we're covering. We will not be doing that in any more episodes. We're just going to go right into our ratings, reviews, and news topics and all that stuff. So let's finalize this with plugs, Phantom. What do you got? Where do you want people to go? What do you want people to get? What other stuff? Well, I want people to go to BillShetty.com and yes. sign our guest book. Yeah. Yay. Uh, definitely, you know, as we said, Letterbox, Bill Shetty, Lady Phantom. It's easy to find us. I'm on Twitter, at LadyPhantom74. And check out Horror Movie Weekly because yeah. it's a very cool podcast and as jay says it's always good to say oh do you know a good podcast yeah horror movie weekly so <laughs> go <laughs> that's there. it and we go much further into the reviews on that yes no doubt all three of us and i think you'd really enjoy that but for bill shetty and lady phantom we're gonna catch you in one week on number two and do you want to announce what we're covering or should we leave it up in the air up in the air let it be a surprise awesome so we're gonna wrap it up get out of here make sure you subscribe to us on itunes you can go over to tune in radio also go to horror movie weekly get that if you like horror movies and leave a review on that but right now adios the radio player one we are out